reinventing who we are, just like we reinvent the games. And I can tell you right now, we're having a ball. And we have just, you know, a lot of plans for the future of a lot of cool things we want to do. Okay, cool. Well, um, first off, I just want to say thank you guys again very much. Um, we had you on here about three months ago, back in July. We were talking uh, Hero You, and um, very much appreciate that you guys are coming on again, and we're very excited uh, to talk about your latest project, uh, which is Summer Days at Hero U. And um, so I think that's what we're going to focus on. Um, we'll share some info about the Kickstarter, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and, and, then, uh, and what I just uh, realized recently is that with all these uh, podcasts and such is uh, you always have to spell it out as Summer Days, D-A-Z-E. Yes, no. yes. I actually put that in my <laughs> notes. Just because, <laughs> yeah. I have to say that a lot. Yep, yep. Summer Days, D-A-Z-E, at Hero U, as in you, like university. And it's Hero Dash U. Hero Dash U. like to make things difficult. Yeah, and, um, I, yeah, so um, f uh, very, very quickly, um, for those who don't know, we're talking to Lori and Corey Cole, uh, lead, lead honchos at Transolar Games. Uh, they are the masterminds behind Quest for Glory. Uh, Castle. They did. Uh, Corey did Castle of Doctor Brain. Uh, Shanara. Uh, the both. Of the, uh, the the both of you have been involved so much. And for anyone that wants to dive into their older stuff, as I said, we had them on back in July. That's episode thirty-seven. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, if any of those titles rang a bell and you haven't heard that interview, check it out. You guys were awesome. We we had so much fun. And I'd love for uh, the listeners to check that out if you haven't. Because this episode, I would really like to focus on what's going on currently. They've got a new project, as we said, Summer Days, D-A-Z-E, at Hero U. It's currently about, what, halfway through the Kickstarter? we got, what, 10 days left? Um, it's got about, oh, we got about 10 days to go. 10 days to go. It's wow. almost over. Almost over. And where are we at currently, gang? Uh, last I looked, it was sixty-five thousand. Uh, the goal is uh, just under a hundred thousand. All right. Uh, and uh, that's uh, you know by Kickstarter standards, that's doing really well. But of course, it's uh, you know fingernail biting for us uh, watching it slowly creep up. But that's just the way Kickstarter works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, if if I remember correctly, um, y'all did Hero You the same way, correct? You did a Kickstarter for that. Yeah, we started out with a Kickstarter to to even be begin the project altogether, and uh, then later on, after it was four years of production, we uh, had a knuck uh, two and a half, two and a half years, two and a half really. Yeah. Okay, seems like forever. <laughs> we had another one. Yeah, so it was uh, turned out to be an over five year project. Uh, we. Uh, totally misguessed it at one year because we were remembering the Sierra days when full-time teams all in the same room. And it was a lot different uh, doing it with people around the world. And it helps if you have what you're going to do right up front from the beginning instead of <laughs> improvising the entire time. Which is why we're doing Summer Days at Hero U a completely different way. Uh, instead of uh, 
saying, uh, oh, we should do a game set at our uh, School for Heroes. And, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I guess it'll feature a rogue. And, okay, let's put it on Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> instead, with uh, Summer Days, Laurie's been uh, uh, writing scripts, and uh, Sydney Hamilton uh, prototyped it, and our artists have been working on it for more than a year. Uh, the game is really far along, and uh, we are actually realistically planning on getting it out uh, late next year. That's fantastic. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there is a demo up on Steam, correct? Yes, there's a demo available both on uh, Steam, uh, on the uh, uh, Summer Days at Hero U uh, demo page. Uh, I think it also is linked to from the main Summer Days at Hero U uh, page. Uh, and it's also available on uh, itch.io for some people who don't like Steam. Cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, from my memory uh, after three kids shoddy that it may be uh yeah i i was really surprised pleasantly to see that like when the kickstarter had went live there was already a demo to check out you know there was already something to to really get a look at what y'all are doing and um i i guess like what how has the experience been different so far between hero you and summer days i mean aside from like the design process and the kickstarter um, what are you what are you finding to be different this time around you know as you're now halfway through your Kickstarter is there is there other differences that really stand out to you? Well, for one thing, it's nice to actually know what you're doing, have everything in place and uh, be able to show the uh, audience uh, the fans just exactly what they're going to get when they you know look at our Kickstarter, they can tell this is the game that is going to be an exciting, beautiful game. Right from the beginning. And you said uh, other than the design process, but uh, the one thing that uh, you know we did look at is that we had a completely, as I said, a completely open-ended uh, plan for what we we're going to do with Rogue to Redemption. We actually mm -hmm. changed the art style uh, twice during the course of the project based on the team we had. Um, so this one, we made sure that you know we've got the art in there from the beginning, and we've you know we've gone for uh, a scope where the story is every bit as. Uh, uh, you know, big and complex as uh, Rogue Redemption, which was by far the biggest game we've ever made. Uh, but uh, we're keeping it controlled by, uh, you know, eliminating some of the things like walking around characters and pixel hunting uh, that we think don't really add to the game, but, uh, you know, cost an enormous amount of development time. So, so it's a little more controlled process than before. Yeah, I'd like to think of Summer Days as a distilled game. Okay. It's down to the essence of fun. Yeah. yeah, And it's particularly essence of storytelling because, you know, Lori has, you know, told amazing stories in uh, all of our games. Yes. Uh, I'm sort of, I'm sort of the, uh, you know, keep the, keep the wheels greased person. Uh, uh, whereas Lori does most of the heavy lifting and, uh, uh, you know, story and puzzle writing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I get my little piece in there too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is, uh, you know, so we're, keeping the same kind of quality story that, uh, you know, is episodic. It's in, you know, uh, 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 not, not episodic as in, uh, you know, piece of a game being released, but it, in the sense that uh, as you talk to different characters, you get little pieces of the story and uh, you're in a sense collaborating with Laurie uh, to write your own story every time you play the game, because the path you choose, uh, you probably will not do it twice in a row. Yeah, there's oh, so many awesome. different characters and there's so many different approaches to getting to the end of the game. So that, if, in effect, it's always replayable because you never have the same game twice. 
Uh, we also have uh, two viewpoint characters in this game instead of one. Uh, for Rogue Redemption, we tried to keep it in scope by uh, making it just one character, Sean O'Connor. Uh, this time you can play as uh, either uh, Tilly Appleberry, who is a uh, rogue student in the uh, summer semester uh, before Sean get, gets to school. Mm-hmm. So this is a prequel. Uh, or you can play as Ifeokina, who is a wizard student, and you get to meet his classmates and the, and the students that he meets uh, along the way trying to accomplish his goal. So that we have two stories set in the same location, but the characters are all different and the stories become very, very different. So it's two, two, two <laughs> games in one. <laughs> This is I, really I think exciting. it's more like a thousand, two thousand games yeah. in one because there's so many bads through it. <laughs> I just, I just have to laugh. I, I I've interviewed um, uh, another developer that had done uh, adventure games, and he was trying to do a sort of visual, not a visual novel, but a very kind of similar, very heavy branching game. And uh, he's like, "You should just see the wall of my design room of all the branching paths this can take." And he goes, "You don't realize how crazy it gets." until you start getting several decisions in. And I, I can only imagine if you're running two, you know, two different stories in a sense in the same game that you can completely uh, experience is really something like that. I don't know. That's just really exciting to me, especially uh, now when you look, these kind of games are starting to become very popular again. I say again, because they've always kind of had a, a, a you know, a, a niche corner, but it, it seems like more and more people want to play games like this. You hear about um, games like Danganronpa, and where where they're it's very story driven. Like you said, it's very distilled into I think what makes adventure games so much fun. So it's it's really cool to see you know Summer Days kind of be becoming its own thing in this this genre. It's really wild. Um, yeah, it's effectively designed for a, a different kind of game philosophy, in effect. I mean, it's the kind of game you can play anywhere at any time. I mean, and you can pick it up on your phone, and you can play it on your phone traveling Ooh. someplace. It's got that kind of quality that, you know, it's an entertainment distilled. And then put it on your Nintendo Switch, and, and just you can the uh, you know the save will do cloud saves, so you can uh, uh, go back and forth uh, between devices, and uh, it's it's a lot like uh, you know having your your Kindle or your uh, uh, you know your Fire or, or device of your choice uh, around, so you're reading an, a book and uh, you just don't have time to finish it all at once, so you can pick it up somewhere else and uh, continue. You see, folks, uh, all the major all the major uh, game companies trying to do cross-play right now, and the Coles have got it in the bag. Go Transola. <laughs> <laughs> or, or so we believe. Uh, yeah, actually, we've just, uh, we've just seen the first uh, prototype of our previous game, uh, Rogue Redemption, on uh, uh, the Switch. I'm getting ready to sign a contract to uh, get that Sweet. converted to the Switch. You, hear, you heard it here first. Wow. <laughs> Assuming it works. <laughs> Well, so far, they, they did manage to compile the game, and it does run on the Switch. Uh, the controls will be another huge bit of work. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I was going to say, uh, we've always been kind of mavericks. Uh, when uh, Sierra brought us in, they didn't actually bring us in to make an adventure game. Uh, they were looking at Ottoman games like that and wanted us to do a role-playing game. And we said, well, that's nice, but your system's designed around storytelling. And, uh, uh, you know, we come from a tabletop RPG uh uh, environment in which storytelling is the thing. So why don't we 
make something that crosses the adventure game with role-playing, uh, tabletop role-playing. Uh, and then we went on to, uh, I did Castle of Dr. Brain, and there we uh, took your character out of the scene. Uh, you don't see yourself at all, which uh, was different from every other Sierra game, but uses mm. the exact same engine. Uh, and on that one, I said, okay, let's uh, make a puzzle adventure game. And then with Road to Redemption, uh, we kind of added a uh, school simulation aspect to the adventure and role-playing. And we really went heavy on the role-playing so that it was very much a, a strong role-playing adventure game Yeah. in addition to everything else. Yeah, so we made uh, you know the uh, stats much more explicit and important, and uh, we you know upped the uh, uh, things you could do in combat. And, and uh, the inventory. I mean, the concept of being able to clothe your character in different equipment. So I all of those that. things were classic <laughs> role-playing aspects. So, in summary, none of the games we do are ever straight adventure games. <laughs> they're, they're always some sort of a, you know, hybrid and bringing different things. And Summer Days is no expe uh, exception. Uh, in addition to adventure games, we were inspired by things like uh, uh, Magical Diary and Long Live the Queen. And yeah. uh, specifically by Dream Daddy. Yeah, those, so, those were good ones, yeah. So we'd like to take the best, the essence of other games that we really enjoy and put it into our games because it's always an evolution of what works and what what is fun and uh, just be creative with it. And, and you guys have always kind of done that. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of how all your games have come to be what they are. You, you've taken what you've enjoyed and, you know, put it into the game that you want to play and... Uh, this just gets more and more exciting to me now. It's like, all right, we got a Kickstarter to push everybody, and we want everybody to go check this out. And uh, I, seriously, Summer Days, D-A-Z-E, at Hero-U on Kickstarter. We like There's 10 days left. Let's get this over the line because this game is going to be fun. And the fact that, uh, just to uh, go a little further, you know, when you're saying you're, you're going to release this on Switch and you know this has a, a mobile portability... Um, there's such a, a big market there, uh, especially on the Switch, where these kind of games have really found a, a new home, in a sense, uh, amongst the, the owners of Switches, you know, fans of Nintendo Switch. So that's really awesome to see that, you know, Hero U is going to be breaking into that market as well. Yeah, and we're just, we're just hoping we can actually uh, reach that audience, because we know when people play our games, they love them. I mean, it's, you know, and I'm not, uh, you know, blowing my own horn. I'm just re responding to uh, user reviews and so on. So if you oh. go to either Steam or GOG and you look up uh, uh, Hero Dash U, uh, Rogue to Redemption, uh, you'll find that they're rated very positive on both of those. So we're getting, you know, 80% to 90% review ratings from, you know, some very cynical reviewers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the problem is that most people never try them. They never see the game. And same thing with our Kickstarter right now is uh, uh, we just need people to look at it and play the demo and watch the videos and decide for themselves because we think that uh, uh, if you get to that Kickstarter page, you're going to find it compelling. Besides, it's it's delightful. It's uh, you know you don't use that description very often with going with a with a computer game, but it is. It's it's lovely. It's very charming. The color style, palette, the characters are all made to be um, bigger than life, but yeah, very inviting to play this game because it does have a more of a lighthearted, mm -hmm. more of a, uh, um, 
a fun aspect to the whole style and story. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny because you talk about, you know, uh, computer game designers and, and people sort of think of designer and developer as synonymous. But, uh, you know, we don't do these games ourselves. We work right. with a team to do it. Uh, we have artists, uh, we have a musician, and uh, uh, so on. And so we are ourselves delighted. And that's when Lori says it's delightful. Uh, you know, it's because we're so, uh, you know, I guess surprised is too strong a word because we know John Paul Selwood is an amazing artist and Al Ufrazio is a really good animator. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just like uh, Lori told them what kind of characters and what kind of scenes she wanted and, uh, and JP just smoothly transitioned from, you know, designing 3D environments for uh, Road to Redemption to uh, uh, making a beautiful storybook style backgrounds and wonderful uh, evocative characters for this game. So uh, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, we have uh, Brandon Bloom uh, is going to be composing the music for this. He did the uh, music for uh, Mage's Initiation, uh, Reign of the Elements. and. Yep. Uh, He's super talented, so we're really excited about what's coming up here. That that is exciting, and and um, Mage's Initiation is another good one, and that I the music particularly stood out to me. So that's awesome to see that Brandon has come on board uh, for this one as well. And the uh, the art style of uh, Summer Days at Hero U, even again, just looking at the screenshots on Steam and the stuff y'all have released on. You know the web page and your Discord channel is just absolutely beautiful. It's it's something like I can't wait to dive into. And you know I, I have three younger children, and you know depending on you know content obviously, but it's something I could see, you know, sitting and reading to them as as showing them another kind of book. You know that was the the kind of thing that got me into computer games in general when I was younger. I remember my dad was playing. I wish I could even remember the game now, but he was just reading the the pictures. It was one of those uh, uh, interactive fiction games um, by, uh, oh God, I, I can't remember the studio, but they did a ton of them back in the 80s on like Commodore 64. And I just remember that being such a, a, a draw to me as a child, like a story that I could control. So it's something like, I look forward to this succeeding and sharing it with my own kids. Uh, and this and is the right kind of game for that. It is visually appealing and it's a uh, subject matter. Well, it is an adult game in the sense that, you know, you have to really work at these things and, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not just pure storytelling. So it isn't just a book. You have to figure out how to go about and solving the problems and what decisions you make towards getting towards the end. But any kid can help you make those decisions. It's an ideal situation. And uh, I really just like reading to your kids. I think playing games with your kids is a great way to, ha to have a great bond with your kid and really give them a whole feeling of, of you know, love and affection and a lifetime love for games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my, uh, my brother uh, played... Uh, uh, original Quest for Glory games uh, and uh, mixed up fairy tales and Castle of Dr. Brain with uh, his three-year-old daughter sitting in his lap. Uh, and, uh, you know, and she grew up to become a gamer and a cosplayer and so on. And, uh, uh, you know, it sticks. <laughs> uh, but uh, this game in particular, uh, there, you know, we have, uh, uh, there's not a lot of violence in it. And what we have is, you know, cartoon violence effectively. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, there's no uh, no real sexual situations. There's, there's nothing that is inappropriate for children. Uh, right. But uh, we don't 
talk down to anyone either. It's you know, it's an adult storytelling uh, thing. It's a real adult. But then all situation. of our games have been, you know, universal effectively. Our Hero You, I mean, our, our original Quest for Glory games, people played them when they were eight years old, and yep. now they're still <laughs> playing them. So that's the kind of style we like to go with, something that just, you know, it relates on a deeper level, and you get more and more out of it every time you play. Yeah, uh, that, that that was a point I was actually just about to bring up, is I, I did play those games when I was very young, and I can't think of any other game by any other developer that I I will go back and play um, multiple, multiple times. Like, I've, I'm I'm about to do another playthrough on, on Hero U, Road to Redemption. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I don't find that in a lot of games except for your games, and I think I, I could never really answer why, but that, that nails it, is that there's something there... For everybody, no matter what your age is, no matter, um, you know, yeah, main, mainly that it's a it's an audience of everybody, and that's really awesome. Well, the other thing is that when I how I approach game design is it's always what does the player want to do? It's never you know an author gets to say, oh, well, I've got these lovely characters and I want them to do this, this, and this, and most author, authors actually find that the characters wind up doing what they want to do, but they have <laughs> generally control over the situation, and eventually they know exactly where they want the book to go. But in a game, you don't control anything. You <laughs> present in the situation and then you say, okay, now what's the thing I'd like the player to do? Yeah, this is great. Yeah, we'll, we'll. but you know that the player's not going to pick necessarily the one you really want. So you got to let the player have the agency to feel like this is what I want to do. Although, you know, and Lori often surprises herself as she's writing these things. So she generally, uh, you know, has the, the general plot laid out for the general storyline, knows the characters and so on. Uh, but then as she's doing the actual writing, uh, it's done in a design editor that lets her not just write words, but also, uh, you know, set facial expressions for the characters and uh, do things to like change her uh, stats uh, and set uh, tags. I used to call them flags, call them tags uh, that say, okay, you did this thing. So now you get into a dialogue choice and you pick a, uh, pick a uh, particular dialogue choice and the game can say, okay, uh, we uh, uh, asked about ghosts. Uh, and then later in the game, uh, Lori, you know, makes notes in all of these and what tags she's used and so on. Uh, so later on, she'll be talking to a character and say, oh, well, there's the possibility that the player asked about ghosts earlier. And if so, we're going to have an entirely different uh, dialogue option here and possibly even a different event. Uh, so, you know, that's why these things get uh, immensely complicated, but it's also, you know, part of it is emergent storytelling that uh, as, as Laurie is writing it, that uh, she realizes, uh, uh, oh, what you did before actually has repercussions now, and I guess I better cover that. And that's why, uh, uh, that's why Rogue Redemption is two and a half times the amount of dialogue that was in Quest for Glory 4. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's it's just neat to see again that behind the scenes difference between telling a story and letting somebody play and tell their own story. Uh, I think that's I think that's always been the the universal appeal of what makes games such a popular medium, uh, especially to people like me who love to read. It's like, well, now I can now I can run the story, now I can control the story. 
you know, to a, to a degree. And I, I think that's always been a big draw to me. Um, uh, going back to the Kickstarter that, um, you know, guys are doing for uh, Summer Days, um, you have been doing a lot of live streaming events. Um, and for those who have missed out, you're missing out on a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but I, 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 I don't, and again, I may not have been as close to the ground as, uh, during Hero U as, as I am now with, with what y'all are doing, but um, you, you seem to be doing a lot of these. And how, how has that experience been for you um, so far, doing these live streaming events? Well, just like every game that we've ever done, it's like starting over from the beginning and we're working with an entirely different situation. Well, every Kickstarter we've ever done has been a different situation. And and now we're going into the live streams and doing regular live streaming. So, yeah, once again, we're reinventing who we are, just like we reinvent the games. Yeah, I just uh, read a thing on uh, BBC that was talking about uh, podcasts and uh um, that, uh, what was the one podcast about the, uh, uh, person that was in prison for murder? Uh, anyway, they said basically that one, uh, completely changed the environment. What surprised me was discovering that that was something like 2015. It wasn't that long ago that yeah. the entire podcast world changed and became a viable category. Uh, and same thing with, you know, our live streams and doing, uh, video streaming. When we, uh, when Lori, uh, shot the videos that, that we used for our original Kickstarter, uh, you know, she used her Canon camera in uh, filming mode. And, uh, you know, we uh, spent two days trying to record a two minute video uh, <laughs> and it was uh, just, just painful and awkward and everything else. And uh, now you just run, uh, you know, something like Streamlabs and connect up with Twitch or YouTube and uh, uh, you just do it. And it's just so much easier and smoother and, and a lot of fun. We really get to connect with uh uh, the people are watching can make comments all through it and stuff like that. And we play games. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're going to have another live stream um, on Saturday, next Saturday, which is tomorrow if you're actually playing this then. Um, yeah, so uh, imagine this podcast to go out later. But yeah, uh, every I'm Saturday do... for the next few weeks, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, we're uh, doing live streams on uh, twitch.tv slash transsolargames. And Transolar only has one S in the middle, uh, but it's uh, twitch.tv slash Games, uh, And just, uh, you, you know, subscribe to our channel, you know, all the things that are coming up. We have a special event coming up for uh, Halloween. We're going to do a marathon. Because we're crazy. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're doing a marathon plane of uh, Quest for Glory 4, Shadows of Darkness. Ooh. So. Which is about the opposite in tone to Summer Days in Hero <laughs> Youth. Uh, Very dark. So Summer, Summer Days is all designed to be, you know, charming and fun and uh, uh, cheerful, uh, especially when you're playing Tilly Appleberry's uh, uh, story because uh, she's, the, uh, she's the mischievous rogue who really doesn't care what people think and just wants to have fun. Um, and, you know, Feo's story is a little, uh, little more serious, but it's still not really dark. Whereas Shadows of Darkness is, it's comedic. Uh, there's a lot of silly stuff in it, but it really is a pretty dark scenario. And a dark, dark uh, environment to tell a story. So it's very Halloween-y. Mm. 
my so, favorite uh, yes, we really look forward to spending the day playing the game and talking with people. And we have a lot of prizes we're going to give out, you know, for trivia questions and, and uh, uh, problem solving from our players so that we make these uh live streams interactive we want these to be part of the game that they're playing when audiences join in and watch so the uh the challenge to uh all this stuff and doing a kickstarter is that every one of them is a full-time job uh and uh, we don't have that many fools uh, <laughs> uh well we have lots of fools <laughs> not uh not too much full-time so uh you know writing press releases doing kickstarter updates on uh three different Kickstarter campaign pages and uh, doing the live streams. Uh, uh, we have a Patreon, we have a Facebook, uh, we have Twitter. Uh, so we're trying to keep up with all these uh, media and uh, uh, large companies have a team that just is responsible for that. Uh, uh, we just basically are taking uh, a little over, a, you know, a couple months away from uh, game development to uh, uh, run this. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Can't do it all at once, but uh, we try. Well, I, I have to say, you know, based on what you've been doing over the past couple months, like, this has been a real treat as a fan um, to be able to interact with you and Lori as you've, you know, worked on developing Summer Days. Uh, the trivia contest you guys did, I think that was last weekend. That was an absolute trip. It was funny, mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun. And so for anybody listening, like, again, tune into the, the Transolar uh, Games Twitch page or, you know, they're, they're, you know, follow them on Twitch because these things are a real blast, especially if you're a fan of their work, whether it's Quest for Glory, Hero You or, or any or even if you're not. And this sounds if you're a new fan or a potential new fan and this sounds intriguing to you, I highly recommend checking it out. These have been a really good time um, and I've I've really enjoyed them. Uh, I will, I, this just clicked in my head and I'm sorry. It's a little uh, like hopping <laughs> around here. Uh, but Tilly, Tilly, Appleberry, you said? Tilly, uh, T-I-L-L-Y. So, uh, as a super fan, is that any relation to Amelia Appleberry, a healer of, of, uh, Spielberg? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. She is the adopted daughter of Amelia. Really? Oh, that's so uh, cool. Uh, and so, yeah, all of these things tie together. It's like we've got this giant universe of story that all fits together in, in different relationships and, and different ways. And uh, in Summer Days, it's no exception. There are several characters that tie back to the original stories in the, in the original Quest for Glory games. Now, Tilly uh, doesn't look, uh, look at all like her adopted mom, but uh, that's okay because one of the things that uh, we're really trying to do with this game is it's really about diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, so the fact that you have a, uh, uh, you know, a half-elf uh, female character, uh, half-fairy, whatever, uh, <laughs> in Tilly, uh, and then we have a, uh, a, a black man from uh, essentially uh, the Yoruba uh, tribe uh, as our uh, uh, male character uh, for the wizard character, uh, and each of them is really different person and has a different way of approaching life, uh, is, you know, approached differently by their friends and, and other people. Uh, and uh, so, you know, you really get a completely different uh, story each time. Yeah. Effectively, when I create a game that's a role playing game, you really get to play a role. You really get to become those characters 
and get to see the world through their point of view and the way they react to the world. And so therefore you get to see a little part of their lives as well. Now, Lori becomes a different person when she's writing Tilly. <laughs> That's kind of a writer thing though. I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> um, so any, um, outside of live streaming, you know, cons are a big thing, you know, nowadays to where, a lot of, you know, fans of gaming can go, you know, to a particular convention and meet you know, people like you and Lori that they've always admired. Uh, and I, I feel like it's a uh, kind of a, another big avenue, of, not just for promotion, but just for fan interaction. Are there any cons that you guys will be going to in the future, near future, in support of Summer Days? Uh, nothing coming up real soon. We just did PAX uh, in Seattle over the uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, end of August, beginning of September. Uh, we have a bit of a problem. I, I don't understand how game developers go to these things because uh, they're <laughs> so expensive and time-consuming. And, you, you know, you really can't write while you're there. Yeah. And you can't do art while you're there. Uh, <laughs> but you can have a wonderful, fun experience. So we had a blast at PAX. We had an incredible group of fans that all helped out at our booth because we ran a booth there. And uh, it was constantly like Clubhouse City where all the <laughs> fans were gathering. So it was a grand experience. And we'll certainly be looking into what we get to do next year. But again, it's like, well, you can work or you can have fun. And this was major fun. Uh, so I'd really like to go to the, uh, I think the Worldcon is uh, next year, 2020, is in New Zealand. Uh, so, I, so I'd like to figure out a way to get down there. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's expense and it's time and all the rest of it. And, of course, uh, my past history has been that uh, every time I went to a convention, I came home with the convention crud and uh, <laughs> was uh, flat on my back for a month. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, so I've uh, knock on wood, you know, uh, PAX. Uh, we get we came home from relatively unscathed. And yes, yeah, so we'll be looking into it next year to see what we can make plans for, what we can fit into our schedule and afford. So we definitely love to do that sort of thing. And you know, if we ever uh, stop making games, we'll have more time to uh, go to cons <laughs> and talk about them. Uh, and. Uh, but we won't have any money anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the old rule. You either have time to travel or money to travel, but never both at the same time. That's a really good point. Um, well, so what what have been some of your favorite moments in this uh, creation development process of Summer Days so far? Well, PAX was a real highlight. I have to say, getting to interact with that many fans and meeting people that we had talked to all over, you know, on Facebook and, uh, and on Discord and things like that. We got to meet some of these people in real life for a change. Yeah, we had a fan come up from Australia for that. Uh, oh, wow. So we got to meet her. And, uh, uh, you know, she wasn't even, you know, in uh, Melbourne or uh, Sydney. She was, you know, way out on the, uh, uh, the opposite end of the country and, uh, you know, really isolated. So uh, it's just, you know, we have fans from all around the world. We have fans in Ukraine and... Uh, uh, South Africa and just everywhere. Uh, so it's pretty neat to uh, get a chance to get out and meet but some people. But in terms of process, um, this game, Summer Days, has been a dream. 
I mean, it was like right from the beginning, we had our artists in place. We didn't have to go scrambling around. We established an art style. Almost immediately, we had a lovely, wonderful art style. And then we had the programming working right away. And so therefore, it's been like so smooth. It's It's been a you know, the best production system that we've ever done. Yeah, Sydney uh, Hamilton uh, uh, was our lead developer, and uh, she had the game running fairly early so we could actually, you know, test things out, and which we didn't have the luxury on. Uh, Road to Redemption, we were probably two years into it uh, before we could even start testing anything. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was all, so Lori was writing madly away, and we had to fix a lot of problems with the uh, with the tags and such later on. Uh, this game, uh, two weeks before PAX, uh, 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 Roberta Vaughn, who's been helping us with publicity, said, you know, really, it would be nice to have it on Android. And we said, well, that's nice, but there's no time for that. And Sydney said, no problem. And uh, in time for PAX, uh, got the game up on Android. Uh, uh, on the way up to, uh, the, to the airport, uh, we bought a Samsung tablet and installed it on there. And I put it on my uh, uh, cell phone. And it looks gorgeous. Oh, it wow. is just absolutely beautiful on a tablet. So this has been the most fun we've ever had in designing and making games. That's that is awesome. Le less stress than usual, except of course for the Kickstarters, which are always stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's Summer Days D A Z E at Hero U on Kickstarter. Gotta keep pushing that. Um, and uh, and we have uh, something coming up. Uh, we've been working on uh, today, and uh, by uh, I hate putting deadlines on, but real soon now, uh, hopefully before our uh, uh, live stream tomorrow, uh, we're going to be adding something new to the Kickstarter, which ooh. is add-ons. Yeah, we're going to put all our add-ons on there so that people can actually, you know. Buy their their souvenirs right out from the front. Yeah, we wanted to keep it uh, simple and straightforward originally, and just have the uh, you know the regular reward tiers and as few of those as possible. Uh, but people have asked for a lot of things like uh, t-shirts and uh, you know soundtracks and uh, art books and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to be making those available as add-ons. Uh, Wonderful. And uh, you're gonna have a lot more options uh, to get things related to the game and to uh, the previous game, uh, Rogue Redemption. Well, it's Backer 1000. I might have to come back and check that out. <laughs> I would love to get a <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're at uh, over 1,100. Uh, actually, we just hit uh, 1111 backers with 11 days to go, so uh, yesterday. so uh, That feels special. Uh, that feels symbolic right there. It's like a good yeah. sign. And we're about two-thirds of the way to the goal, uh, which uh, usually... In our past experience, like uh, for the first game, we were asking for four hundred thousand dollars to do a major project. Yeah, uh, and we were at three hundred thousand as of about seventy-two hours to the deadline. It was like, okay, this project's failing. Oh wow! And in the last, you know, twelve hours, it funded. Uh, so, uh, so the last weekend, you know, is really big for these campaigns. We think we're going to do fine in the making the goal, but we'd really like to uh, uh, <clears throat> actually overfund. So we can, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, reach some stretch goals because we have some really exciting plans for things we can uh, add to this to make it even better. Yes, like voice acting. Ooh, that means uh, right from the start, though, it had to be designed for that, even if we do it or not. So that I don't write scripts that are the size of Harry Potter novels. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm want notorious for that. You know, as of what. 
to do voices for my games merely as a workout. Yeah, we talked about, uh, you know, compressing and, and you know, uh, laser focus on the story and the characters in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is that uh, Rogue Redemption uh, takes place over the course of 50 days. Uh, this one takes place over 12. Okay. Uh, and uh, there were basically uh, three uh, time segments for doing things uh, plus dinner. So really four time segments for doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have uh, a choice each one where you want... You know where you want to go or who you want to talk to at dinner and so on, uh, and that's keeping the scope of the game a little bit tighter, uh, so that we can, uh, you know, really, uh, in a sense, it's the same size. I guess four time periods. That's a forty eight versus fifty. Yeah, gee, what do you know? <laughs> I still make huge games even when I'm trying to make tiny ones. <laughs> but uh, I've demanded that Lori keep the script down to uh, half the size of. Uh, uh, the Rogue Redemption script, and uh, that will allow us to do voice recording and uh, hopefully some foreign language trans uh, translations. Uh, we can do, if we get extra funds, we can uh, add in some uh, fun mini games during the course of it. Uh, maybe even uh, have a little bit of combat, uh, Quest for Glory, you know, Heroes Quest 1-style combat. Uh, so there's stuff we can put in there uh, that will otherwise be told in a storytelling fashion, and it really depends on the budget. Oh, that's awesome. Some, somewhere as far as voice acting, I still wonder if Jean-Rhys Davies has, wakes up in the middle of the night going, no more narration for Quest for Glory 4. No. You know, I, I don't think so. I saw a uh, <laughs> tape of him at a, uh, uh, a, a video of him at a uh, convention and somebody asked whether, in fact, uh, Quest for Glory recording was uh, was a CD-ROM from hell, and, and he completely misremembered it. He said, uh, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's because, uh, you know, the lines were... Uh, you know, we're so short, and uh, <laughs> no, it was actually it was actually the exact opposite. Yeah. But, uh, so I I think he's forgotten it entirely. Yes, yeah, so uh, wiped it from his mind. <laughs> it's just it's just part of his career. But yeah, he did such an amazing job, was and he was and he was unbelievable to work with. And uh, it was perfect. Studio. It was perfect casting. We couldn't have helped for a better you know uh, narrator for our games. So yeah, that's uh, that's the good times is when everything comes together and everything's just right. And during the voice recording for Quest for Glory 4, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, uh, we'd been in despair over that game because it was rele- the game was released a year before that and wasn't playable. It was it had so many bugs in it and so many problems that it uh, not had an adequate uh, quality assurance uh, process. And Sierra fortunately decided to do a re-release the following year with the uh, Voices acted and fix most of those bugs. Uh, but and that was the year during which just everything came together. The game uh, became, uh, you know, playable and fun, and what we meant for it. And the voices, the actors were just unbelievable. So you go from despair, which was what happened when they released the, first, the uh, Shadows of Darkness at first. It's like, oh, this game's unplayable. You to know, glory, yeah, to <laughs> glory. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. So this game, you know, game design and development is always a roller coaster ride. It goes up and it goes really far down. <laughs> but right now we're in the good period. Yeah, it's exciting and to in, see. Uh, in two weeks, if we don't hit our Kickstarter goal, that we can go into the depression again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really hope that doesn't happen. And um, I I. I I know I initially had, when I had spoken to Roberta and spoken to you guys, I had said something about getting this out Monday, but I am actually going to take time tonight when we're done here, and I'm really going to work hard to push this out tomorrow morning so that we can help push your stream tomorrow. Um, That's awesome, yes. 
because uh, I, I really, I, I really love what you guys are doing. I really believe in this project. I think it's going to be so much fun. And um, I, I, as just being completely selfish, I just want more, you know, more playtime in the world of Hero U. Um, I, I really enjoyed Rogue to Redemption. I, I loved what you guys were doing with that. And then seeing, you know, this new approach to telling a, a story in the same universe, you know, the same same school, uh, you know, Hero U, is very exciting. It's exciting to see that this is growing into a world of its own, you know, just in the way that the, the Quest for Glory games did. And there's, there's such an audience there, and especially with you pushing, you know, potentially bringing uh, Road to Redemption on the Switch, there's such a big market there for, you know, what their players would consider indie games, and it's very, very popular uh, for games uh, like this on that platform. So it's exciting to hear uh, that uh, Road to Redemption's going that way and that Summer Days is being made that way at the outset. Uh, yeah, so we're doing a couple things here. This, so obviously we're funding the uh, you know completion development of... Uh, uh, summer days at hero you so that you know we've been pretty much taking it out of road redemption proceeds and out of our own pockets our, our retirement money so uh, uh you know i don't want anyone to feel bad about that that's kind of the way business works uh but uh this is uh this is a uh, you know kind of a, a measure to see what we can do going forward if we can get this game well funded and uh you know have it be successful in the marketplace uh that gives us a you know an income flow that will let us keep on making more games, and we have just you know a lot of plans for the future, a lot of cool things we want to do. Uh, so this is the start of that. Um, something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically, you know, I never write a simple story. This uh, summer days ties into the past, into the Quest for Glory games. It ties into the future because actually. Hero U, uh, Road to Redemption, is happens the next semester after Summer Days. But then there's whole plans going on for what happens after Road to Redemption. The, uh, the other thing we're doing here, I remembered, uh, <laughs> uh, is that we're actually trying to, uh, you know, bring a new audience into the joy of uh, adventure and storytelling games. Uh, because there are quite a few people that uh, like the uh, visual novels uh, from uh, various uh, Japanese publishers and li like the uh, dating simulation games like Dream Daddy and stuff like that uh, that have not really played adventure games because they're they're scared of them. You know, they've uh, heard all the uh, horror stories about uh, impossible puzzles and unfair uh, <laughs> situations and so on. So this game is one that is an adventure game, but uh, it's built under the veneer of a visual novel. So people that love visual novels should come into this and will really like it because, you know, they're getting a, a real story by a master storyteller, Laurie. Uh, and uh, along with that, they're getting a lot of choices and decisions to make. And if they play it two or three times, they can discover that, oh, they're getting a different story every time. Uh, so we're really trying to bring uh, new eyes uh, into uh, the adventure game uh, genre and... Uh, uh, you know, we're trying to, to to spread the love. Well, Lori and Corey Cole, thank you so much again for joining us uh, and pushing and making games that, frankly, I want to play. I'm just being selfish, but this Summer Days, D-A-Z-E at Hero U, uh, this sounds like it's going to be awesome. And it really... The path you're going, I think, is going to reach the widest audience possible. 
and it's just very exciting to see uh, what you guys are doing nowadays. I hope you never have to stop. <laughs> I, um, and I really wish, we really wish you the very best of luck on this Kickstarter. And for everybody listening, uh, we will have this up tomorrow. Um, and so when you hear this, this will be the day of their live stream event. Um, and please go check it out. Please go to the Kickstarter page if this even sounds remotely interesting to you. I'm telling you, back it. They're very right in that any game that anyone's played by them, when you've played it, you love it. It's fun. It's for everybody. So check it out. Go to the Kickstarter page. If it's tickling the fancy, back it. And um, can't and wait. And share it. And share it. Yes, please share it. Uh, we will also be doing the same. I'm even going to be sharing it at my day job, and I work for a very, very large software company because they're all oh, geeks. Nice. they're all geeks and gamers, and they love stuff like this. So I can't wait to just help get the word out there. And uh, again, I really appreciate you two coming on, uh, spending some time with us again, and just sharing a window into what it is like designing games at Transolar. Yeah, we uh, we did a couple lectures on the fun factor in games at one point, and uh, you know, talking about quantizing fun and all that. But it was also about uh, you know who's having fun. Is it fun for the players? Is it fun for the developers? And one of the conclusions we came to is if the developers aren't having fun, the game is not going to be that fun. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, we're having a ball. So thank you very much, and uh, we hope you will support us on Kickstarter. Please do, everybody, and thank you all again, and I look forward to playing Summer Days next year. Thanks for having us out. Anytime. Good luck, you guys. Can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs>